Welcome to How to Split a Toaster, a divorce podcast about saving your relationships from True Story FM. Today, your toaster is about to be uninsured. Welcome to the show, everyone. I'm Seth Nelson. I'm here, as always, with my good friend, Pete Wright. Today on the show, we're talking all about benefits. No, Pete, not those kind of benefits. <laughs> what happens <laughs> What happens when your divorce gets in the way of the coverage that helps you stay healthy and feel safe? Tyler Rage is a benefits consultant with the Strategic Group and joins us to walk us through the process of separation from his side of the house. Tyler, welcome. Thanks to for the having toaster. me, guys. I, I had we had a T-shirt made up that said "Benefits with Friends." I didn't know that that would have been apropos for today. <laughs> <laughs> Is it friends with benefits or benefits with friends? I don't really know how that works. Does it really matter? And, and which one do you get paid for? Wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a whole oh, different show. Oh, Advice of counsel: right. Do not do that. <laughs> May it please so. the court. Tyler, welcome. We're uh, we're glad you're here today. We, we this is one of those conversations that we've uh you know, we I don't think we've ever had specifically about benefits and yet I I think a lot of people, all the people going through a divorce at some point are going to have to deal with this splitting the bennies. Oh yeah, dealing with insurance is fun, right, <laughs> Pete? Like you can you can hear people like hitting pause on the dot Yeah, right. Now, <laughs> right. right? Please tell me more about so, Cobra. <laughs> so, Tyler, we don't mean to make fun of your profession and what you do for a living. So why don't you just share with our listeners exactly what you do generally, and then we'll get into some specifics. And I have a pop quiz for Pete coming up that I don't think he's even... I expected. didn't know on the, on the mic stand ranked, are are we insurance agents? Are we above attorneys or or below? <laughs> It depends if the claim it, gets yeah, paid, exactly. brother. <laughs> right? Typical lawyer answer. It depends. Right? Check your local jurisdiction. All right. Tell us what you do, so Tyler. brokerage here in Tampa, Florida, and we focus mainly on, on group insurances, helping business owners retain, attract, maintain their, their employees, uh, that whole process from hire to fire. And everything that that encompasses, it used to be that we would schlep the, the health benefits, but uh, in this day and age, we help out with payroll, HR, COPRA has been mentioned a couple of times, uh, and, and then making sure ultimately that the carriers are are paying the claims. The beauty with an insurance contract, or maybe not beauty, is the only agreement that you have is as long as you pay your premiums, they're going to pay your claims. So we, we try and make sure that, that that happens. Allegedly pay your claims. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Right. <laughs> lest, lest we forget, there's an attorney here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. So, so pop quiz because there's a lot of different types of insurance out there. Ty, we want to make sure we're focused on what our listener needs to know if they're going through a divorce. Yeah. So, Pete, how many different types of insurance can I you think, think of? I've got uh, well, m- medical health insurance. Right. Like I'm going by the insurance the insurances that I have. I've got dental and vision and uh, general, I, is it general health, basic health? Uh, I pay for a dental cause my, my teeth are, they don't want to live in my head anymore. There's uh short-term, long-term care, right? Did, did I say that already? 
Short term disability, disability long term okay. disability. Uh, yeah. Life insurance. Did I talk about that? That's good. That's something nope. in there. You're good. Keep going. Other insurance. What else? I, I mean, I, there's there's all the usual like home insurance, blood insurance, car insurance, all the act of God insurance. Can you do that? I don't. I don't know. Am I out? That's usually an exclusion from the policy. <laughs> oh, you Not can't you actually can. call for go, that. Go. What does Tyler Pete say? What I Tyler. say? I like the act of God I, claim. I, <laughs> <laughs> I vision insure vision vision. Okay. Yeah, I think you got that. And that's yeah. that's all just like I'm just me. I, I imagine there's more for businesses that I'm not thinking about. I'm so disappointed oh in gosh. you. Is there attorney insurance that favorite. I have to have? There, there is attorney insurance, but I usually don't recommend people buy <laughs> it to protect um, me from you. <laughs> so, exactly. Why would I have people insured for that? That's ridiculous. Pet insurance. Oh, Come on, no. that should be top of your list. Oh, Karis, I'm sorry. We have a whole podcast on who yep. gets the dog, and you don't even think of pet, pet insurance. Of course, you know? that's the one. Okay, so let's take all those insurances and talk to Tyler about what he knows about and how he can help everyone today. So here's the situation that happens a lot, Tyler. People are married. They don't necessarily each have their own insurance from their place of employment. Usually one of the spouses is covered under a family plan on the other spouse's insurance. And that's what you do. You create plans and depending on Whoever's coming to you, they're a business owner, and they say, I want to provide medical or health insurance, vision, and dental for my employees, and I want to do it for the employee, but I also want to offer it to their family. You price out those plans, and there's like a million That's different correct. options, yeah. right? And, and, and most of the time, well, I guess some of the, the instances that we've run into where the business owner now is going through a divorce or has been through a divorce, and the spouse needs to find coverage individual coverage once their their cobra is exhausted now okay so first off let's just break this down because every time every mm -hmm. time you say cobra i think cobra guy right. sweep the leg all right that's not what we're talking which about, which is kind of what it right? feels like when you get your cobra insurance bills exactly. you've just had your leg swept that's what it feels like let's talk about what cobra is someone has insurance they're no longer going to be covered under their spouse's insurance. That's the scenario we're setting up. They have yet to obtain new coverage. Correct. Is that correct? And then we deal with something called COBRA to fill that gap. That is, is that correct. Okay. What is COBRA? <laughs> like, <laughs> how does it work? And why is it so, so if expensive? we can get really nerdy, people think that COBRA stands for continuation of benefits, but it's consolidated omnibus Budget Reconciliation Act of like 80 something. Mm, music to my ears, Pete. <laughs> Reconciliation Act, Omnibus. I love these words. But what does that mean to the real person who actually needs their health insurance? It to go means to the that if you lost group coverage at any point in time during the year, that you would be able to go directly to the carrier and, and, and purchase the group plan that you were getting at a, a discounted rate because your employer was paying either 50% or, or more of the plan. Uh, Cobra, you can be charged up to 120% of, of the premium uh, direct to the carrier and continue on that, that group contract. This goes back to previous uh, Affordable Care Act 
uh, type of legislation where you had very different contracts in the group world versus the individual world. Okay, so just to break it down, because yeah. Pete's a simple guy. Yeah. What we're saying is, I'm employed, my wife is employed, but I'm covered under her health insurance through her employer. We're getting a divorce, and I no longer have health insurance, but I can buy at up to 120% of whatever the premium is, which, you know, why are you paying more for it? But I can buy it, and I'll have the same coverage that I had if I was still on my wife's insurance. That is, is that correct. Accurate? Right, that continuation of benefits. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, you're not changing any of your coverage. You you change your same clinics, hospitals, same doctors. You know, you don't change anything. This is just to fill in the gap until you figure out a plan that you that is, I guess, now more affordable. Correct. One hundred and twenty percent. Right. Right. So uh, up to eighteen months in order to maintain the the plan that you were on and the deductibles that you had met towards that or any out-of-pocket spend that you had uh, contributed towards that plan which, which you know it is a big is a big deal for a lot of folks who have ongoing health issues which the majority of Americans I think do these days right so they can feel comfortable if, if you're going into a divorce at least there's something that will if you have you know a surgery scheduled or dental stuff in motion you you can feel comfortable knowing you at least have 18 months to work through those whatever those issues are correct at a higher premium rate yes, though. you got pre- there them. is a cost right and, and that's up to you Seth can, to figure out who has to pay for it. Oh, that's easy. Tyler pays for it. Good. Let's move on. Okay. Okay. But let's talk about this because timing is important here. Everyone check your local jurisdiction. But I will tell you in Hillsborough County, Florida, in the great state of Florida, Tampa, Florida, when you are going through a divorce, there is a court order called a standing order that says everything stays the same. You're not supposed to just one spouse cancel the other spouse's insurance, okay? So let's just assume the premiums have been paid, you've met your deductible, and we're in September, and it all renews in January, and you have some surgeries, or you have some doctor visits, or you have some well visits, or some annual visits that maybe we're a little behind on, we should get those done right away, right, Taylor? Because they're already covered, we've met our deductible, in essence, we've paid for them. Let's use them because in Florida, when you get divorced, your former spouse cannot keep you on their health insurance anymore. Is that last statement? You cannot correct? be on on that group contract as a as a spouse any longer. You will have a, a cobra offering, like we talked about, or through through the court order, which I've I've seen in my instances where I have some attorneys say, Hey, I have this couple going through a divorce. I need to know how much it would cost in order to have uh to put th- this spouse on an individual plan and then they can litigate to that. You're you're saying so they could stay on an individual plan on the company during the the process of divorce? I'm a little bit unclear on what you just said. So I think what Tyler is saying is this, Pete. You're going through a divorce. The court requires you to maintain coverage for your spouse. But when you are divorced, you're no longer allowed to be on that plan. It has nothing to do with the divorce court. It has to deal with the contract with the insurance company. Okay? So now the question is, 
in my hypothetical, I'm going to need coverage. My employer doesn't offer it. I have to get my own individual plan, and I want to know how much that's going to cost me because I'm trying to figure out my budget. I'm trying to figure out if my former spouse is going to have to pay me alimony. That's a need that I have. How does that all get you know, put into the sauce? Right, Tyler? Is yeah, that accurate? That would be correct. If I do nothing, right. right, do I automatically switch into COBRA? Does that just happen the second the contract is, is defunct with the, the group plan? It isn't automatic. You will have to elect COBRA. They will send you a COBRA offering. That is another law that, that, that's out there that, that states that a COBRA offering needs to be made and then responded to in an appropriate amount of time and then premiums received in an appropriate amount of time, 45 days from that, that termination. Which is fast, Pete. Think about that. 45 days, you just got through a divorce, either by a trial and the judge finally signed the final judgment when he got around to it, or by a settlement agreement and it got mailed in. And then you got it and you're like, I'm done. And you forget about the Cobra in 45 days, which comes quick. You now have no and f- don't forget, like we're we're speaking in some grand hypotheticals, but if you have ongoing medical issues, uh, getting appointments right now, right now, is really hard. So that forty-five days might as well be six months for a lot of just sort of routine stuff that you're trying to get done. Absolutely, it's so hard to get in to see the doctor. Yeah, so that's the one thing lawyers got. We can always blame the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> you I mean, know. Did you cue that up before we started? our show today i did not but my uncle and my cousin are doctors so (laughs) i like to make fun of that that, you know so tyler how much does it cost what what does an individual plan cost somebody these days and now you're gonna give me oh their age and sex and well but he already dropped the hint right this what we were talking about was pre-aca that i assume has changed some things for people right right affordable care act did change the scene of 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 the individual market pretty significantly one of the positives of the legislation was it it did away with excluding pre-existing conditions and and health underwriting on individual contracts. Uh, so if someone does have ongoing health issues, they are able to find a plan that will accept them immediately. Uh, they won't have to worry about any pre-ex clauses or anything to that nature. And I'm just going to stick with positives, going to stay positive today. The, 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 <laughs> the current administration and one of the COVID bills ha- have expanded the amount of dollars that are available for tax subsidies on, on the marketplace. So we, we do have some clients that are unable to get any tax subsidy to help mitigate some of that individual plan cost. That has been expanded a little bit. My understanding of this, Tyler, is what you're saying is, okay, I was covered under my wife's insurance. My employer doesn't offer it. I make $30,000 a year. I can't afford private insurance. But we have this big legislation that came out that says there's this market I can go to. I can buy insurance. And because of the income that I make, the government will pay a portion or all of Correct. premium. Yeah, there, there's been tax subsidy money set aside through pulled 10 cents at a time out of group premiums to sit over here and 
and, and to pay for that. So there's a mechanism where the government's allegedly collecting money so they don't lose more money than they're paying out, but we never trust what they're saying on that front. But as far as the person that's getting the insurance, right, they don't have to pay as much. About. We don't have to pay as much and we can get covered. Well, and, and as somebody listening to this who is, is on, might be on the verge of losing, you know, the benefits, that's important to know. It, even just that there is a direction. If you haven't been paying attention to insurance uh, legislation lately <laughs> and omnibus bills, it, it's nice to hear there is there's something. There's something that it sounds like is livable. Because the last time I was on Cobra, it was the fastest thing I could do to get off Cobra because that was that was ridiculous. One hundred twenty percent of the full bill. So it feels like this is there's opportunity here. Yeah, it, it, it is definitely good, and we're seeing here in the state of Florida for the first time since ACA was implemented that the carriers that didn't want to pay or play are are coming back in. So we we only had Florida Blue, Molina. Uh, for for a long time, Oscar Health. Now we have United Healthcare coming back in an individual market. Aetna, Cigna, Humana coming back into to that space. So something has happened where there's been a stabilization of that individual market. Probably is th- that Florida Blue has about eighty percent, eighty five percent market share uh, uh, of that, um, and they'll they'll probably be trying to shed off. Uh, some of those, some of those clients that that they don't want to have on any longer. I want to point something out, though. We're talking about mm-hmm. somebody here, who the individual in my hypothetical, who cannot get insurance through their employer. So it's called private pay, right? Private insurance, individual policies. Now, I know that there's this like magical window uh, in my business where people you know, have re-enrollment periods. What happens if you lose your insurance because you get divorced on February 1st or March 1st, but your employer re-enrollment for more new people to come on the plan is until the end of the year. Can they hop on Let, that Let's plan? just add to the hypothetical. The, the, spouse, the spouse that is insured, their group plan renews October one the spouse that is the dependent spouse on the plan who's going to have to... Right, to, me. I'm right, losing my insurance. Right. You're, you're losing right. your, your plan and and the judge signs off in March. So, so you would have the ability to either elect COBRA if you wanted to stay on that plan and if you had the, the funds to do that, or you could enroll through special enrollment period Onto a marketplace plan or just a private pay p- plan through one of the one of the other carriers through that special enrollment. So three choices: one, you get Cobra. We all know about that; it's outrageously expensive. Mm-hmm. Two, you get private pay. But three, if your employer offers health insurance, you should go ask them right away. I'm getting divorced. I want to make sure the day the judge signs the divorce decree, the final judgment that I, how soon can I get on our coverage that you offer? And what happens, Pete, is a lot of times there's a carve out to the open enrollment period. If there's been a change that falls to say, hey, something's changed in your life and therefore you can get on the plan now. So one of them is if you get divorced, right? Another one, which we don't typically think about, you have a kid. 
all kids are not born during the open enrollment period. Right. Right. So this isn't a novel concept, but people forget about it and they 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 panic because they're like, but no, I heard open enrollment just closed. I have to wait a year and I'm gonna have to pay Cobra at 120%. Check with your employer. So we're giving you a couple little check things to do because this sneaks up quick and can have major health and financial implications on your life with a little bit of time of a little bit of investigation and due diligence we can maybe like make this a little That's a great smoother. point Seth because it's it's kind of the yin and yang of all of those right you have those those life events divorce or a marriage you have a death or a birth uh move in and out of state those are all special enrollment period triggers, triggers. there you go and since you've been a long-time, long-standing employee for that company, you would not have to go through your waiting period that a new hire would have to go to to come on to the plan, either you know a 30-day, 60-day, 90-day, whatever that contract indicates. So you'd be eligible to come on first of the following month saying, hey, my plan terminates the end of this month. I'll be on next month. So play that out, Pete, right? You get divorced on the 15th. You have it all lined up with your employer. You're allowed to start coverage the first of the next month. So we've got, you know, let's call it 15 days. So for those 16 days, days, wear your seatbelt, take good care of yourself. But something happens in that gap. You're still eligible for COBRA even after the fact, as long as you can get the forms, you fill them out, you pay the premium. Even if you have not done anything? You've got 45 days to do it. You can look back. Don't yeah. rest on that. You want to be doing this up front. So you're going to want that COBRA coverage for those 15 days. But maybe they didn't get you the paperwork in time. Like Tyler said, it takes a certain amount of time for them to get it to you. It's got to be reasonable. You've got to reply reasonably. you got to be watching this stuff. And remember, you just had a car accident because you're out celebrating because you finally got divorced. So let's be yeah, smart about this. Maybe hold this, the celebration okay? until the second. Can we just do that? Can we just? All right. Uh, can we flip the the table there? Is there anything I need to do if I am getting separated and uh, it's my spouse that's going to lose coverage? Do I need to do anything as a special trigger condition to to make sure they're off the rolls? What do I need to be thinking about? Tyler, you got a business owner. They come to you. They say, my wife's, we're getting divorced. She's working at the company. She's resigning. We're getting divorced. She's out. What? what, what is He's going to notify happen? us. We're going to reach out. To the carrier, reach out to that spouse, make sure that they are fully aware of of all of their options. We really try and make sure that the employee or employer's spouse has all of their options available. Are you working good, bad, or indifferent? It, it is a life change, and they are going to have to have some sort of continuation of, of their coverage, whichever way. And, and usually, Seth, just to go back a little bit, we put in in the front end of the contract that employees are covered that full month so that they don't have a drop off mid month. Oh, so they don't have to worry about the 16 days of uh, right, no seatbelt. Right. Yeah. All right. Go. Yeah. Go you're celebrate fine. Your don't worry about it. it. Only if you're right. working with Tyler. <laughs> okay. um, I, you know, I just want to, I, I wanted to ask that question knowing that, that it's, it's, easier for the person who's not losing benefits. But in the spirit of, you know, a divorce podcast about saving relationships, what are the things that the person who's going to keep the benefits, what are the things you can do 
to it to you know come to it from a position of goodwill in the divorce process and make sure that the that you're sort of helping along the way and and you know and and not making it worse for your former spouse i don't know seth is there a comment yeah we do it a couple ways the triggering event is the date the final judgment is signed the, the divorce decree is signed by the judge so kind of where we are we're in the fall here we're getting close to the new year i will sometimes by agreement between the parties delay sending in the final judgment so you work out a marital settlement agreement you work out a parenting plan but everything is settled in your case the only thing left to do is to send it to the judge so he he or she puts her signature on it okay Nothing, check your local jurisdiction, requires us to do that that day. In fact, frequently, I'll ask, do you have any medical procedures coming up? What's going on? Can we wait three months before we send it to the judge? We're all good here. Everything's signed, sealed, and delivered. It's signed and sealed. It's not delivered. The judge has to deliver it. So you just wait for the entry of the final judgment. And I'm going to kind of dovetail on this too. Another reason to wait other than insurance is if you are still married at the stroke of midnight on the new year, happy new year, you can file married joint for the previous year. If you get divorced on December 31st, you cannot file married joint. So sometimes we'll delay sending it to the judge till the first week of January so we can take advantage of the tax code to give the government less money by having them do their joint taxes together for the previous year, even though we've had the settlement signed and sealed since September or October. Okay. Or even longer. Okay. Uh, lots of ways to play those those dates. I think that's just, I, I hope this is useful for people as they're thinking about, you know, strategizing their divorce. Uh, I, I want to ask one more question, uh, Tyler. <laughs> in, Maybe maybe it's loaded. We we asked about the uh, you know we were asking about the ACA and you feigned a little bit. You said, "Okay, I'm going to stay positive. I'm going to stay positive." I need to know what are the pitfalls that are in your head that you're not talking about. What are the things that people need to be aware of that might come up and bite them? A lot of times it goes back to what what Seth was was just um, talking about. So. In order to qualify for your your tax subsidy and, and get that premium to where it, it could be affordable and reasonable, you're going to have to get out your magic ball and predict what your income would be that you're going to show to the government for the next year. I like how Tyler said that. Not what you really earn, what you're going to show to the government. <laughs> Those sure. can be two separate no, numbers, no, but we're we, not giving I'm, tax advice here. No, I'm not, not a tax uh, CPA or tax attorney or anything. <laughs> if you get a tax subsidy based upon a figure and then your actual income either fluctuates, if it's higher and you should have gotten less subsidy money, then there would be potential to be dinged on the subsequent tax year. And we're going to have to pay for this stuff somehow. So I don't see taxes going down at any point in time and where people. Pete, you just like put yeah. them in the 
like hot seat. You see him squirming <laughs> over there. He doesn't want to this, answer this whole like, hey, look, can we have the tough conversations? Sure, let's let's get after it and have it. You know. <laughs> well, that, you know, I just again, I'm listening to this and I'm thinking, okay, you've just painted a half hour rosy right. picture of uh, the fact that I have opportunity as long as I'm I'm uh, I stay on my dates, as long as I'm aware of the consequences of filing and make sure that my new my current employer is aware. There's a lot of of, of stuff here that makes splitting these insurance benefits not feel so terrifying. I just want to make sure that if there is a mine in yonder field that I don't step on it. Well, the stepping on it is if you don't know what you're yeah. going to be making. So you, sh- you, you say, I need it. And then, hey, great news. I got a job making 150 grand, yeah. not 30. Um, or I became, um, you know, I've always doing part-time realty being a, a real estate agent because I was raising the kids. But now that we're getting divorced, I'm going to pick up the pace. I only think I'm going to make probably for the next year or two about the same, maybe a little more. I'm putting more time in, but it takes time to build a business and you have a stellar year. So you might owe some money back, right? Yeah. So you just have to kind of watch. Like it that's If there's a sort of a worst case is, okay, there's a bill that's going to come due and it may not come due for a year until I do my next year's taxes. You know, I feel like at least you should know that. Right. Those are some of the pitfalls that I I can think of. And I haven't heard, I've only heard a a, a handful of horror stories where people were really game in the system and ended up owing a bunch of money. And I don't really feel bad for those folks. But the the minute that that you do start earning more income than you you had reported that you were going to getting on with healthcare.gov and adjusting your your tax subsidies is definitely the 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 best way to go. One of the issues too is if people are are late with the cobra response then they could end up we ha- we do see this quite a bit is people owing two or three months of cobra. And so if you have you know let's say that you and three kids that would be probably close to two grand a month in, in a, in premium just for roundabout, you know, you know, so now, now it's 6,000. Suddenly you're in $6,000. Yeah. Yeah. So check first with your employer, if you're employed to see if you can get insurance, can't reach out to someone like Tyler and see if what you can do on either um, the ACA or on private insurance. But the concept is here. Let's start dealing with this stuff early. If there's a way to delay and keep you on, or if you got some medical procedures that you need, let's get them done. I know you got a lot on your plate. You're going through a divorce. It's not easy, but you got. Seth, I had a question for you. When it comes to health savings accounts, oh no, no, (laughs) Tyler, I don't answer questions on this show. That's not how it works. (laughs) Go ahead. Health savings accounts are are those viewed as a marital asset? Uh, Florida Family Law. Check your local jurisdiction. Absolutely. You got a health savings account. You got money in it. The money was put in there during the marriage. That's going to be a marital asset. Now, because you're no longer on that insurance, you might not be able to get that, let's call it a thousand bucks out of it. But if there's a thousand dollars cash somewhere else, then maybe you can get that cash and it's just an offset. But yeah, we look yeah, at that. Yeah, because off the top of my head, time. you can pay COBRA premiums or long-term care premiums out of health savings accounts uh, and, and that pre-tax money that, that went in. Good to know. And then there's all sorts of fun tax calculations that we can do versus net gross. And that's when Pete's eyes roll in the back of his head. And he yeah, I mean, well, I got things to do. So I can just mute out and just nod. 
and you guys can go to town. It'll be great. Good podcasting. <laughs> right. Hey, Tyler, thank you so much for hanging out with us today and uh, sharing your insights. Where do you want to point people who uh, are in your area to learn more about what you do? Yeah, our website is a great resource, sgflorida.com, as in strategicgroupflorida.com. Uh, if you look at the uh, the strategic team page, you'll find uh, most of them look a lot like Tyler. Amazing resemblance, those people <laughs> yes. on the strategic team. Yes. <laughs> cu- cu- couple related folks. Couple related folks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is. Is that a nice way to say, Pete, that Tyler's family tree? <laughs> is that what you're trying to say there? I'm it's saying there really is clear. a lot of inbuilt wisdom in that family uh, to help you in your needs here, which is exactly why we have Tyler on the show. Thank you so much, Tyler. This has been fantastic. You're a real asset. We appreciate your insight today. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate that. Before we close up, we've got a question. It's Question Corner. Welcome to Question Corner, Seth. Let's hit it. I got one from Angie who uh, writes us this question looking for your support. She says, hello. I really enjoy your show and all the great advice. Thank you, Angie. My question is, how will I know if I can stay in our home? Now, Angie goes on to tell us some of her backstory. Uh, She was married for 30 years. Her husband wants a divorce. They haven't been happy for years. She wanted to try and work on it. It it sounds like they're, they're not going to work on it. The relevant part of the question is thus. I don't want to move my boys out of our home, but I can't pay the mortgage. I'm a stay-at-home mom and homeschooled my boys, and one is now 17, but I homeschooled my 21-year-old, too, who is now in college, but also lives at home. Please help. I wish I could hire you. Broken-hearted, Angie. What do you think, Seth? I think she's broken-hearted on the divorce that she can't hire us, Pete. That's what I think. But oh. I could be wrong on that. Well, I mean, you, you know, know, you choose your dreams. Exactly. Okay, so great question comes up in almost every case, especially when you have children. Always check your local jurisdiction. I'm kind of just giving you the concepts of Florida family law or generally speaking, what you should look for to see whether you can stay in your home. She makes a big assumption here where she says, I can't afford it. So let's back up. When we're dividing assets you have to do in Florida, it's called equitable distribution. So if she gets the home and it has equity of $100,000, it's worth $300,000. You have a mortgage of $200,000. If you sold it, we'll ignore closing costs. If you sold it, you'd have $100,000 left. If there's a retirement account or a cash account or a brokerage account or any other assets that add up to $100,000, and the husband keeps that hundred grand, whatever it is, or combination of items, and you keep the house. So we start there. Well, now she says, that's great, Seth, but I can't afford the house. Okay. So now we're moving over to alimony. Based on what is the mortgage, what are your other expenses, and what does your state or local jurisdiction do to help support you, get money from your former spouse potentially, to pay part of your expenses, which would include the mortgage. There's all sorts of complications with that. Maybe you have to try to refinance it to get his name off the debt and only in your name. There's all these things. The problem that everyone runs into 
is if there are two incomes in one house and you go to two incomes in two houses, your standard of living mathematically is going to drop because we have more expenses. So you have to then make some decisions. Do you want to be house poor? Which means you put every last penny into paying that mortgage because it's so important for you to keep those kids in that house. And even though they're adult children, one is, one's about to be, okay? In Florida, as much as we love supporting our kids and that they're in college and they're living at home to better their lives, and, and that's what we're doing to be able to get them a higher education, the judge is not going to consider that as a viable reason to keep the house. Okay, they're going to look at the numbers on this stuff. Now, a 17-year-old in their senior year, a judge might say, look, we're going to let you keep the house till, this, till your son graduates, but then you might have to sell it. So talk to your lawyer, make sure you understand division of assets and debts, make sure you understand any potential alimony, and then let's make some decisions on what, if anything, are you willing to go without to keep this other thing that's really And I think this goes back to something we've talked about before. How much can you set aside the emotional fear of uncertainty around the house and live in fact and truth? And I think what Seth is just, has just outlined is the how you will know stuff. So do your best to set aside how the, the fear and answer those questions before you start making a plan in your head. And it's problem solving, yeah. Pete, right? Everything about all the homeschooling, all the hard work she did raising those amazing kids, that is all true. But it might not be relevant to solving this problem. How can I pay the mortgage? You know, Pete, at the end, we joked about it where she said, you know, I wish I could hire you. So I'm assuming she's in a different jurisdiction, but some people have, can't afford to hire a lawyer. You know, the other thing to do there is reach out, see if some lawyers do some free consultations and ask them the same question you just posed to us to help, you know, not just you. And we appreciate the question so much because it helps others that are listening that have the same question. But reach out. Maybe you can get a, a free consultation and you can get a better understanding of the lay of the land on how these issues would be resolved in your local jurisdiction. And you can also ask them, how can I pay? I'm telling you. Mr. or Mrs. Attorney, I can't afford you. How can I pay for my divorce when I have such complicated issues and this is such an important issue in my life and for my children? Outstanding. Looking for the right people on the team. Angie, we wish you the best. So thank you so much, Angie. Thank you so much for writing to the show, for allowing your question to be of support and help to others. On behalf of Seth Nelson, America's favorite divorce attorney, and our fantastic guest, Tyler Rage. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. We'll catch you next week right here on How to Split a Toaster, a divorce podcast about saving your relationships. Seth Nelson is an attorney with Nelson Coster Family Law and Mediation with offices in Tampa, Florida. While we may be discussing family law topics, How to Split a Toaster is not intended to, nor is it providing legal advice. Every situation is different. If you have specific questions regarding your situation, please seek your own legal counsel with an attorney licensed to practice law in your jurisdiction. Pete Wright is not an attorney or employee of Nelson Coster. Seth Nelson is licensed to practice law in Florida.